0: what's up welcome back to where are all my friends hope you guys are doing well thank you as always for listening this week we sit down with christian villacris and this was a really cool one because he's in an industry that's very close to music but it's also entirely outside of it And I've been having a lot of fun telling these stories and hearing perspectives from people that just in general have an interesting story or have an interesting profession. And that's exactly what Christian has. He is a marketing manager for Zoomies which basically means he is responsible for setting up their really big, cool live events. So all of their skateboarding events, all of their live music events, the giant party that they throw for all of their employees. He's done all sorts of ridiculous things, booking a giant house show where ASAP Ferg plays, building a skate park inside of a venue in New York City for Adidas skateboarding, Um, just all sorts of really cool events. And his backstory comes from music. He worked at a huge brand called Glamour Kills and that led him into this and overall has a really cool story and also has a lot of really cool perspective and advice. One thing I found very interesting about him is he came from going to school for music, but then working largely in retail. And I think that that's a very relatable path. I think a lot of people have been in that retail field and wondered what to do next. So hearing his story and how that all happened, I think is really valuable. I hope that that's interesting to you guys as well. I don't wanna say too, too much past that. Obviously I wanna get into the story and all that, but it was a really, really interesting one with a lot of cool insight and advice. Uh, If you do like this episode, the biggest, best thing that you can do, I always say it because it means so much. Tell your friends about the podcast. Spread the word. Word of mouth is the most valuable thing for me. It helps the podcast grow so much. So if you have a friend that you think would like this, let them know, send it to him, DM it to him, whatever. If you want to share it on social media, that's awesome. If you want to go above and beyond, subscribe to the show, leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. All of that is amazing. But I think at the end of the day, the coolest thing is just spreading the word and having more people that genuinely care listen to the show. All right, I'm rambling. Let's get into it. What I like to do to start off is, before we get into your early day story, just briefly tell me, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, what you're up to right now, what your title is and what you're currently working on.
1: Yeah, I'm a Zoomies marketing manager, and basically what that is, I own part of our marketing programs, and we have about 20 different marketing programs, and I own a couple of them, uh, just to list off a few. So I oversee our global skate tour uh, in the summer. And so that's really a North America tour that we do. Uh, North America, Canada, uh, Europe, and Australia. This year, we were hoping to go to Japan, but obviously with COVID stuff, you know, we didn't get there. So, and then I also work on one of our big recognition events. And this is a private event that we throw for our employees. And it's just a really, really big uh, party in the mountains for us to say thank you to them. Just really over like working on the overall marketing strategy on how our customers changing and how we want to talk to them and how do we want to do cool shit for them so
0: yeah which is really cool because i mean to me right like there's definitely just the zoomies that you see like oh cool go to the mall there's a store but i do from a business side really respect the company because i think they do a really good job of taking care of people and they're like I don't know. I just, I feel like they treat their employees really well. And I feel like they're a very smart company. So the fact that you're there, the fact that you've done so much with them, I don't think is a mistake. (laughs) Uh, so I'm really, I'm really excited to dig into that. But my favorite place to start with this whole thing is kind of, and I genuinely don't know this about you is like your early days. Like, were you into music first? Were you always into like more of the fashion, clothing side of things? Like what What are your early days? I don't know it.
1: Yeah. So I was born and raised in Queens, New York, city boy, and really brought up in really competitive sports. Played basketball, baseball at a high level for many years, like multiple teams um, every season and really just wor- focusing on that. But I always had some sort of like underlying passion for music. You know, I always had music in my headphones when I was like warming up or just into it. And I never really thought anything about it. And it was like fourth grade where someone who had said they were going to play tenor saxophone that year dropped out and my teacher just gave it to me and was just like, here, like play this. And I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I, I stuck with it until eighth grade and really had a decision to make if I wanted to continue sports or, Go on a music route, and so I I kept with sports um, out, but outside of school, and really went for the music route. So I auditioned uh, to my high school, which is Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Astoria, Queens, Um, and that was a specialized arts high school. So at the time, they were for my for my major, which was instrumental. They only took about twenty five kids, and so I, I auditioned and I got in, and that's where I spent my next four years doing high level music and what my senior year, you know, there's different levels of like rating music and stuff. And so my uh, ensemble, uh, we got gold with distinction, which is the highest rating that any orchestra can get. That's kind of how I like transferred into music, but always had this like love for like pop punk and rock and like, it, it was yeah it, it was embedded in me
0: damn that's crazy so i i had no idea you you were deep in on music like you had that crossroads sports or music you went music you did the whole thing yeah, yeah were you sure. in bands ever or what did that look like
1: <laughs> um i was never in a band i was in oh i wasn't in like a serious band we did a My senior year, um, at this art school, uh, we had a new major called stagecraft and that was really like all the behind the scenes on how a show gets made. And it was like how to build a set for a show, how to do lighting, how to do sound, how to, you know, how to build things, how to paint things. It was really all about the behind the scenes. And for my senior project, I had to do a lighting show for a concert essentially, but there was no band. So me and my friends, uh, In high school, we just did this cover band where we, like, played five songs (laughs) to an audience of 100 people uh, in this small black box theater just so that my, like, light show could have a presentation. Uh, And that's the only show that I've ever played. Uh, We, like, covered... Vanna, a day to remember, under oath, and from first to last.
0: <laughs> what? Wait, so that's just weird to me, though. That's crazy that you you were so deep in music, yet you didn't start a, I, I feel like that's that's what everyone does: is you get into music and you start a band.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we tried. Um, the thing you have to th- remember is that New York City, like, not everyone has space to start Whoa. a band like you can't just set up drums in like an apartment in Queens, New York and like play all hours of the night, you know? So, Whoa. or like even plug in your guitar or scream vocals, you know? So it's like, it's kind of hard for bands in New York city to like start. Uh, but I didn't I, even think about yeah, that. Obviously there's a ton of bands that have came out of there, but um, yeah, that's always like a challenge for sure.
0: Whoa. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. That actually kind of just blew my mind. So, but you were into like pop punk music and you were finding all of that. Were you going to shows and all that?
1: Uh, yeah. So like uh, one of my friends in middle school, his brother was like into Newfound Glory and some 41 and he like burned the CD and gave it to me. I don't even remember why. I don't even think I asked for it. And it was sticks and stones and all killer, no filler. Um, and those were the first, like, things that I, like, listened to. So, like, from middle school to, you know, to the end of, till now, like, that was kind of, like, my passion or, like, what I listened to.
0: Damn. Okay. So, you're deep into music. You aren't playing in a band. But then, so, like, what's, what's that look like, like, as that progresses? Continue.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, graduated high school um, and just really wanted to... It's kind of funny that that we're talking about this because I really wanted to continue learning like the behind the scenes of a show. So like I wanted to learn how to become a lighting engineer, a sound engineer um, and just kind of a jack of all trades. Um, So I ended up going to uh, it was New York City College for Technology. It was a community school. It was a community college, but it was the best college in the nation for um, this this artwork, this art craft, you know, it was, it was the best lighting engineer during school. It was the best sound engineer. It was everything. Okay. Um, and you know, you have those like schools like, um, full sale and stuff. Um, but this school was like really, really honed in for that stuff. It, it was like, it, not a lot of people know about it. Um, so I went for like two months and I re- I'll never forget this. Uh, one of my professors, if we, I think we were like learning how to like some AutoCAD stuff, how to like build sets and stuff. And he had been, he had worked on Broadway for a really long time. And he had said something that I like completely disagreed and wanted to prove him wrong. And he was like, you know, you'll, you'll never work in this industry unless you're born into it. And I Whoa. was just, I was just like, what? Like that, there's no way. Like I don't believe that. And was just like, I remember I walked out of that class because I was like, I don't believe I disagree. And like, this is a waste of my time if that's where you're going to be preaching. So I walked out and I
0: never went back to college till this day. Dude, that's crazy. I don't have an exact same story as that. But I remember having a moment when I was tour managing very beginning of those days. Yeah. And I asked somebody that I I don't even remember who it was now, but I asked this other tour manager like, hey, I'm new to this. Can you tell me what to do sort of thing? Like just trying to be nice. Yeah. And he's like, if you're asking me how to do this, you're never going to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, then fuck you. And it was like, I just remember that fuel of like, all right, yeah. I'll remember this. And I don't even remember the dude. I just remember <laughs> that drive to be like, I'm going to prove you wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. And I made that decision and it was really hard to like tell my parents because my dad, who's an architect, like wanted me to become this big architect just like him. And I was just like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to figure this out, but college is not for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, yeah, and respect to them too, right? Like I I always know that that's such an interesting, hard period to navigate because it's hard for me to weigh in. I personally don't think you need to go to college if you have an alternate path that you're chasing. But at the same time, I am sort of an advocate for college. Yeah, It's it's really weird, so I feel it. Um, Okay, so you drop out of college. What happens?
1: So I get my first job ever um at hollister uh in new york city the 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 mecca it, it was like the flagship store of Holl- of hollister on fifth avenue or sorry on broadway um,
0: incredible
1: yeah and it's like it, you know you know me like what am I doing in a Hollister?
0: The, the, nothing about that makes sense. There's yeah, nothing. I love exactly. that story, but none of that makes sense. In a so scenario.
1: I was there for like maybe five months. And again, I guess I must have a tendency of walking out. I had, I can barely grow a beard and, in Hollister, like they're very strict about all the men being clean shaven. Um, and I had the smallest stubble like that. You could, like you couldn't even see it. In mid shift, my manager comes and It's like, Hey, you need to, go downstairs and shave like here's a razor like they have like they have like plastic razors to give out for people to shave and I was like I just shaved like yesterday I can't my skin physically can't take it um he's like that or you have to get off the floor so it's like okay so like swallow my pride and go down, go downstairs and shave. I'm all bummed and stuff. And that night I like found out that my local mall, Queen Center Mall had a Vans opening, which was really the first ever Vans in New York city. If I think about it, oh. there there had been a Vans out in Long Island and stuff like that. But in like the five boroughs, that was the first ever Vans store. And I was like, man, I bet it'd be way rad to work for those guys because, you know, again, like I was already into music and skating and stuff like that. Um, so I applied that night and I was like, you know, whatever, let's see what happens. So the next day, um, I take the train to the city and I'm about to clock in, I get into my weird Hollister uniform, shirts are all tight and shit. And I get, a, <laughs> I, and I, and I get a call and it's like, Hey man, like we're doing, uh, interviews right now. Um, actually today's the last day of interviews and we can fit you in, in our last round. And I was just like, yep, I'll be there. Literally left that job. <laughs> Literally walked out of the back, the back room, yes. and never, never have been back to that Hollister. So I guess I have a tendency of walking out on
0: things. That's crazy. Yeah, but also like fuck that. Like that was not the journey.
1: Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna risk losing my job right now and and go go uh, interview for this job. Yeah. So um, yeah, so went to the mall and interviewed, and then. Uh, I was able to be a part of the team that opened up the store. Um, it was okay. really, really cool experience opening the store and being that like skate shop for that community.
0: And did Vans take you then to your evolution of going to GK? Yeah,
1: kind of. Um, again, I not, like I've never really talked about this because like I've never really sat down to think about. But there, there's another walkout story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Um, it was really cool. So I had been there for two years already and I was like uh I had worked my way up to like a pro shop manager. Basically that was I wouldn't deal with any customers that were looking for shoes. I was strictly there to build and sell skateboards.
0: Oh, cool. Um, so like that sounds to, better actually. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude, way better. Um and so one night I had to we were doing inventory um and we had a manager that was training at our store. So she was going to be a manager at a different store, but like I said, there was no other stores in New York City, so she was training at our store. Um, so we're doing inventory, and I'm I'm counting all like my skate stuff, making sure it's all good. This is at like two in the morning, and I'm playing the Wonder Years. Like I'm just Yo, I, have, I just have yes. the, yeah, I just have the phone on, and I'm playing the Wonder Years. And she was just like, oh hey, like you like the Wonder Years? I was like, yeah, like I love this band. They're, they're fucking rad, and they're one of my favorite bands right now. And she's like, oh my husband knows them, and I was like, what do you mean, like? You, knows them like and she's like oh like he works for glamour kills and i was just like oh shit that's fucking rad because like even before then like i had known about glamour kills because my first ever show was um was an all-time low show as funny as that as that sounds
0: oh it was
1: uh it was all-time low mayday parade the main and every avenue
0: wow yeah
1: so um, so I had known about Glamour because I had like a bunch of GK posters on my wall at home. And like, I was like, oh, wow, that's really like little fanboying out. Like, fuck, that's rad.
0: <laughs> Wait, we should take a second to paint this picture because it's weird to think about. But there is definitely a whole new generation of like just fan or listener of music or anything that would not know Glamour kills. But <laughs> yeah, I would say what from 2000. H? Yeah, probably. When did it start popping?
1: Uh, so I believe if I remember, oh, it was 05 when they started. I want to say like 07, 08 is, was really when they started to take off because, I mean, I don't want to say All Time Low defined the brand because the brand had They ha- were a
0: huge piece of it though Yeah, because were- All Time Low was blowing up and they repped it so heavily.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Glamour Kills definitely had legs on its own, but I think what happened was Glamour Kills and All Time Low grew up together, you know, like they were kind of in the same stage and they grew up together to be this massive thing. So Glamour Kills was a clothing line that really was what it stood for was like grassroots in pop punk and punk music. You know, their their founder Mark um was a great dude and loved him for giving me the opportunity to work for him. Um but he uh yeah he founded this this company with like t-shirts just selling t-shirts out of his trunk of his car you know and uh it was a it was a big part of that community Uh, every band every crew member you would talk to like they knew what glamour kills was
0: it was like i don't know it's like weird to think about it now but it's like the equivalent of i don't know like streetwear is so popping right now yeah but in that era i felt like it was just the ultimate it was the ultimate clothing to have. It was just, it was like the Supreme
1: of pop punk.
0: (laughs) It was the Supreme of pop punk. Yes.
1: Yeah. It was. And and you know, what's funny is that, um, part of the reason why they got so big was because they, they were selling product inside of zoomies. So yes, full weird, full circle moment there. Definitely.
0: But anyway, so continue. So she, her husband was friends with the Wonder Years. You had been familiar, uh, Glamour Kills.
1: Yeah, so so he uh he had worked, I was like, okay, who's your husband? And she, she was like, Oh, he's like the marketing director for Glamour Kills. I was like, Oh, that's fucking rad and really kind of dumbfounded by that some that someone had just said that. And uh and also, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know what it's like, but it's very hard to find someone who likes the same music as far as like pop punk, like outside of our community. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like, if I say, Oh, the wonder years to someone outside of our community, they might not know who the hell they are. You know? Yeah. And,
0: it is a very interesting little niche side to, to really understand all of the culture and all yeah. the subculture of those bands.
1: But you would never guess that because of how big they are and how the room that they're selling at. Right. Like, but, Sometimes in the everyday world, like people just don't know them. So that was kind of like the connection was like, oh man, like someone knows this, this band. So like, I want to be friends with this person. Right. Yeah. Um, and turns out that, um, that, you know, uh, her husband was a dude named Kyle Roger. Um,
0: oh and, my God, that was Kyle Roger.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and cool. d- down the line, uh, ended up being my mentor and really, uh, really introduced this whole scene and lifestyle to me and uh forever grateful for that man one of the best dudes um, to ever walk this earth for sure
0: that just blew my mind kyle was the absolute homie i, I literally don't even know how i know him but i probably <laughs> something with glamour kills but he's just been such an incredible dude i complete. i didn't ever put that together that's sick
1: yeah and i mean even like like just like you said like you don't even remember how you met him or know him but like if you were in this scene, you knew who he was because of how big glamor kills was and how much of a good dude he was. Like, you no one ever had any issues with him.
0: No, he was just this great dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So he ends up, you end up meeting him through her.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny cause his wife always gives me shit. She's just like, uh, you know, I met you first. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was like, you know, they need an intern. I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I'll sure. Like it's, I, I'm not going to college. Like I have this job. I'm sure I could do an internship too. Right. Yeah. So when we met Andrew, uh, I was actually an intern.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: I wasn't really working for them. I like, I wasn't getting paid, you know, like, and I don't say that to dig GK cause a lot of companies do that. Um, but yeah,
0: you carried yourself so well. I had yeah, no idea.
1: Yeah. So like I was an intern there. Um, I think I worked for about a year as an intern, um, there just like, working on all these projects and working under Kyle. I was Kyle's intern. Um, Crazy. And yeah, just like worked on a bunch of projects and did everything that I could to kind of just like meet people and, and know what I was talking about. And, and yeah, that was kind of uh glamor killed, like my start into like the industry. Um, uh, and, and I think I was like, I was 18 when that happened. Whoa. So so I was like working at an office um, at like 18, Yeah, it was crazy.
0: That's I got to pay you the compliment of like when I met you, dude, because I remember going to the Glamour Kills office and seeing it. And at that time, just being like, this is crazy. And it was it was a really there was an energy to it. It was really special. But I remember you carrying yourself so well. You were so kind. You were so well spoken. So to now hear that you were just like this young intern, I'm like, damn, all right, props. Like I never (laughs) processed that.
1: Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, it was. It was a great time. I had. I mean, it was so, I mean, dude, Glamour Kills was such an awesome place to be a part of. I mean, it was really a family unit. Like I remember every Friday we would do uh flip cup Fridays and we would, because we're in New York city, like yeah. we have all the record labels around us. So like we would invite fueled by ramen to like no way, come man. and do like flip cup with us or any other like labels that were around. And even like if bands were in town, like if they had a show the day after, if they like went to New York, a day earlier, like we'd say, yeah, like come to our office and like, we'll stay there till 9 PM and do flip cup, you know, every Friday, uh, and order pizza for everyone. So it was like, it was such a fun time to work there. Like I worked on so many projects, um, that still, I still talk about today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a really like definitive time for a lot of us. And I just remember, you know, music and touring and what's popular right now has kind of changed from that genre, but having been around that in some of the most magical days, like I'll never forget that. That was really special. Um, a question for you, like kind of in that path and in that story. So by that time you're surrounded by music, Mm -hmm. you clearly were passionate about music, but you also had, I mean, that's a lot of jobs of, like, retail. Like, you're, you know, you're going from Hollister, hilarious, <laughs> to Vans, to then working at GK, you know, m- mostly working in retail. Yeah. So at that point, had you kind of felt like you had hit, like, were you like, cool, this is my lane? Like, were you stoked to be in that lane? Did it feel, like, what was that I don't, like? What I don't were know you if, focusing on? Yeah,
1: I don't know if, like, I was stoked on the retailing because, like, for sure I was, like, I... I don't want to work a mall job like for the rest of my okay. life, you know, but I think yeah. like the industry, I was definitely like, I definitely got sucked in on it. You know, like I would, I would work weekends night, like all night. Like I gave my all to it, you know, and, and yeah. I, I still do. I, I've done, I, you know, I've grown up a little bit and kind of had to separate a couple things sometimes just for my mental health. But, um, you know, it's like, I, I was totally sucked in by it. I was an 18 year old kid. And, you know, to me, like, and it's so funny, like, I think the first, like the first or second day that I started at GK, we went to a uh, all time low uh, secret show for the release of, um, fuck, I don't remember the album. Uh, it was one of their albums. It was after nothing personal. Um, okay. but it was like in a really small, really small basement, uh, Webster Hall in New York city. And like, I had met Alex Gascarth who like at the time to me, like that was like, what am I doing? Like, how am I in this green? Like, how did, (laughs) how did did I get here? You know, like, yeah, like that was, I was just like, what did I, and then like, you know, that started to trickle, like, okay, I went to a wonder Year show at Best Buy theater, which was like, I think now I forget the name of it now, but it's like one of the biggest theaters in Times Square. And I was like, why am I in the green room with these guys, with these people that I've listened to, you know?
0: And So that's where it was connecting. That's where you were just like, whoa, this feels better. This is cool. How is this happening? Yeah. Tell me about the days of like, obviously, you grew to be much more than an intern at GK. What did you end up doing there? And like, what were some of the things you learned there?
1: Yeah. So, um, another walkout story was that, so when I, I, yeah.
0: Christian, you got it. Yeah.
1: So when I started interning, uh, my district manager at Vans was just like, this is a conflict of interest. So like you either, we're either going to demote you or like you need to stop the internship because I was, like I said, I was like a pro shop manager. Um, so I, I like, I had keys to the store. I was like counting money and, you know, doing all that manager stuff. Um, but I didn't want to give up the internship. I was like, I know that like, I'm not, even though I'm not getting paid, like I'm not like, I know that this is all going to pay off at some point. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I, I took the demotion. Like I was like, yeah, like pay me less, you know, I, at that time, God bless my parents, like they full support in what everything I was doing. So it was living home, at home, like no real expenses and stuff. So, um, yeah. so it's like, yeah, go ahead, like demote me and, you know, I'm still going to stick with this. Um, and then I had left, so I actually did warp tour my first year before I became a full-time employee at GK.
0: Wait, so 2013 when we were out on. Yeah. The
1: yeah. So like so when I, when I went on warp tour, I had left GK as an intern, they had hired me. As like a I guess an independent contractor to do the tour with T Money, which love that too. Oh,
0: T Money, yes. Yeah.
1: So ended up being like Vans was like, there's no way you can go on the road. I was like, fine, I'm done. I'm gonna go on warp tour. I leave in a week. I'm going. I'm doing this. I've committed. So see ya. Like, thanks for two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so did warp tour um came back. So did Warp Tour, you know got close with you and that was like that was a time where like you really kind of grow up and really have to it, it's the best and worst time of your life warp tour yeah you know?
0: absolutely. yeah absolutely but i would imagine for you too like you were again a huge fan of all this music you didn't really get to do the band thing and yeah. you're starting to surround yourself with all of these artists that you like so warp tour especially 2013 like it's that's it. You did it. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, and what was nice about it is that because I had been at GK as an intern for a whole year, I like I had established relationships with a lot of those people on Warp Tour. Yeah. So like the so it like kind of got normal, and I hate how that sounds. It kind of got normal being around these people because um, they were just friends, like really good friends. What was like not normal to me was the tour life like that, uh, that like rigorous, you know, like,
0: yeah, because be, you had never really toured.
1: Yeah. I had done like a two week tour with, with the punches way before, as an intern. Cause I like wanted to get my, my feet wet with it. So. Um, as a quote unquote tour manager, but I really think they just needed a, a merch guy to do for, to work for free,
0: but perfect.
1: <laughs> but I love those guys. And, yeah. I love those guys. Um, but yeah, so like, I'd never like really, Known what it was like to be away from my family and and like home and you know my girlfriend and for three months and like not having access to a toilet or a shower.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny, right? Because the other thing that this makes me think about is, for me, when I was when I got to Warp Tour 2013, I was coming from doing all sorts of small shitty club tours, and Warp Tour was like the summer of. Oh my God, there's catering and we're in a bandwagon and there's a shower. Like that was like the Cadillac of touring. Yeah. But I love how much that is a specific tour that will bring anyone out. And like it, you really meet all these people who have all these different backgrounds. Yeah. And it's really interesting to hear everybody's different perspective on that. Because at the end of the tour, you learn work ethic and you learn community, you learn how to treat yeah. people and that kind of universally gets taught to wherever whatever your background was.
1: Yeah, it was it, you know, I don't ever regret doing it. I hated it a lot of time. And you know what's funny is that you were on a bandwagon. I was yeah. on what they call a slave ship. So that's oh, where yeah. so I called like,
0: them spaceships.
1: Yeah. So like they would, <laughs> you know, I think the bus would hold like uh 12 people, but there was like 19 people on a bus.
0: Well yeah, because you'd have the fold down in the front lounge yeah, and, the, ba- bunks and, all and that. the back and the back lounge. Yeah.
1: Like and so I, I got lucky enough to get a regular bunk, um, but it was like it was miserable, you know, like just trying to brush your teeth and get ready on top of everyone else, and just like, but you know, you 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 get through it, and that was kind of like I learned how to like just work with people and just be a good person, you know, in general.
0: Yeah, no, that's really cool. I yeah. will forever have all of their respect for the Vans Warped Tour.
1: Yeah, and I think you. Set it off. You guys let me shower in your bandwagon every day. Oh
0: yeah, I remember. Yeah, you would come by. Yeah, I
1: was just like, and that I like figured it out. Like you, it worked where you start to like figure out the hacks, right? So it's like you wake up super early to do your business in the bathroom, and then. And then, like, if you're homies with a with a band that has a bandwagon, like, you just kind of go in the, sh- in the shower with them and stuff. So, well, yeah, you don't shower with right. them, but you shower. Them the- <laughs> yeah, you, you shower get them.
0: in the shower with your homies. That's yeah. what you do. That's normal. That's yeah. what they tell you. <laughs> yep. No, that's I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So then, because I there's a lot that I want to cover in this episode, and I don't want to like fast forward too much. But you yeah. had some really good days at GK. You grew out of being an intern. Yep. What tell me briefly just like what you ended up doing there in your final form and then take me to the spot of getting to Zoomies.
1: Yeah. So um when I came back from Warp Tour, um, you know, Kyle had kind of moved on and he actually moved to Seattle to work at Zoomies. Um, he oh, kind of,
0: that's he, right. He yeah, did.
1: Yeah, he kind of took the next step. So there was like a position open and me being Kyle's intern and kind of knowing a lot of the people that I'd met, it was only natural for me to take that role. So I did and ended up being, um, I believe the title was a music marketing uh, ma- manager and A&R manager for, yeah, it was something like that. I, I don't remember. Okay. But it was pretty much like working with all the artists and using my relationship to make sure that we had product on them all the time. So, you know, whether it was going out to every show in a week and bringing product to them and working and thinking about marketing campaigns. On like okay, does Soupy fit right for this jacket? Does Tay Jardine from We Are the In Crowd work right for this dress? And you know, like it was, it was very a strategic role on how like how we think about marketing and and you know because we were such a small company, we had twelve people in the office. Um, we wore we wore so many different hats. So like while I was like thinking about campaigns. I was also executing them, you know, like we didn't have any extra people to do this for us. So yeah, I was out there doing that stuff, um, all the time.
0: So. And it it gave you such a cool position, right? Because you being the guy that's responsible for making sure that a sought after relevant brand is on bands, like you become the homie, like people want to be friends with you. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you did a good job of, Making sure that relevant bands were wearing the brand, but also taking care of people and and really building that. And I, I remember those days. It was it was well executed.
1: Yeah, and that was like something that Kyle always taught me. Is like, hey, it's way easier to be to do cool shit with your friends than be this like suit, you know, and and like force people to wear it. So it's like establish a relationship with them first. Like get to know them on a human level, and then introduce this cool shit that you're doing. And if they're into it, then
0: they're into it, you know. Yeah, that's cool. That's so, really cool. But shouts to Kyle, man. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm glad we're talking about him. He deserves yeah. to be talked about. He's the yeah. best. Yeah, he's
1: a good dude. Um, yeah, and then it's kind of moving forward. So I do want to talk about one of the like my favorite things that I did at GK, just because that I, I, I still yes. I, I still talk about it every day. So, or yes. not every day, but all, all, a lot of my conversation. So um the last year, I think it was it was um it was December twenty fourteen. Um we, we used to do the GK holiday show and we decided we wanted to work with, uh, Jason parent, peanut, um, yeah, over booking agent. Yeah. APA. Um, and you know, we wanted to make it bigger than it's been before. And we actually took over the entire Webster hall venue. And for a lot of people that don't know, it's one of the most historic venues in New York city. Um, there's three venues in one. So one in the basement, one on the ground floor and one, up up top. It's like the grand ballroom all the way up upstairs. Um, so we took over that entire venue and had, uh, had like 26 bands playing throughout those three rooms all night.
0: Um, and it was
1: just like one of the most amazing experiences that I'll never forget. I still have the poster of it up on my wall um, framed and ready because I'm so proud of it. And, you know, there's a lot of bands that were coming up during that time uh, yeah. that are big now that played that show you know, state champs was, was Oh yeah. What
0: was the, what was the lineup?
1: Uh, so, so wonder years was the headlining artist, And then, and then we had man overboard and this is the big room, uh, man overboard, uh, state champs have mercy, no good news, uh, handguns, ah, uh, fuck, dude. There were so many good bands. There was like 26 bands and I wish I could remember them all. No, the top
0: that's of that. fine. But, that's fine. It's just yeah. crazy to even hear that, right? Like some of these bands have gone on to have these massive careers and then others that were huge at the time. It's like, yeah, they kind of just dissolved.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. And that was the year that State Champs came out with the finer things. So that they had just came out with it that October. So that December, it was hot. Um, oh, and, cool. and like that that room, like that floor was bending. Like, I I remember, remember the venue talking to me about like the floor underneath, like in the ceiling of the second room was caving in from how many people were jumping in from jumping.
0: That's so crazy. And another piece of our friendship was, I want to say, was it two weeks or so? There was a decent amount of time that you came out. It was when I met state champs in 2014 I was on tour, I was with Set It Off and you came out with State Champs and we all became pretty good pals.
1: Yeah, that was like part of my role at GK is just like, you know, establishing relationships with everyone. And so I went out on that tour with State Champs for like two weeks. Um, and just really became homies with everyone.
0: Yeah, that was fun. Those were some yeah. great times. And I again that's another piece of me like really remembering who you were and like becoming like boys. Yeah. Um, okay. So then ultimately GK stopped being a brand. Uh, I know you had a lot of really good time with them and learned a lot. And then that was kind of your transition into zoomies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, GK kind of halted all their stuff and, um, you know, I, it it was, it was interesting because, um, I really wanted to get to stay in that industry and like pop punk and, uh, you know, at that point I was considering being a tour manager. I knew I could do it. And yeah, I knew I could do it. I knew I had relationships, um, and stuff like that, you know, so I really, but then, you know, I was like, well, it's either that or like I refuse to like go back and work at the mall. Like I'm not going to take a step back. So totally. So it's either become a tour manager or find something else. Um, and you know, I had some real ass conversations, um, you know, uh, Vinnie Vegas. I don't know for anyone, yep. anything, anyone who knows Vinnie Vegas. Uh, I love that dude, man. He is one of the most harshest people you'll ever meet, but he's one of the most realist dudes you'll ever meet. And we had a real heart to heart conversation one night. Um, and he was just like, look, man, like it, it wasn't like a diss to me, but he's just like, I think you have way more potential than to be a tour manager and like wake up when you're 30 years old and be like, okay, what, it, what do I have to show for my life? Like, I just toured or babysat a bunch of people, you know? Um, and that was so, I was just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you not convincing me to do it? Like you came from that. Like you, you worked with all time low forever. Like how could you not be supporting what I want to do? And he was just, but again, like he's one of the most realist people that you'll ever meet. And he was just like, I think you're just better than that. Right. You know? And Like, obviously I'm going to be your friend no matter what, but like, I hope you make the right decision. So, like I said, Kyle had actually moved to Seattle to work for Zoomies. Yeah. Um, And he was like, Hey, we just opened up a position, um, at a junior level as a junior coordinator level. Um, you know, it, it pays okay. It's not great. Um, but Seattle is very different uh, as far as living costs to New York city. Um, you know, you should interview and, and see what happens. Like, I know, I know you're overqualified, but it'd be awesome for you to get on the ground floor and work your way up. And I was like, all right, like, you know, like I'll, I'll talk to people and we'll see what happens. And I had known some people from zoomies because at Glamour kills, we did a lot of in stores with Alex. Um, cause we, we would bring Alex, uh, AWG product into zoomies. So he would do in stores for them. And I would go mm. with him as for, mm. like, you know, representing GK um and so I knew some of those people beforehand so I interviewed I had four interviews it was pretty pretty gnarly um and then it just so happened to be Kyle's birthday and I was like you know what I'm gonna go out to Seattle and visit you because like I miss you I haven't seen you and you know we're really we're really good friends he's like my brother um so I went out and during the interview process they were like hey our VP of marketing wants to interview you in person like while you're out here I was like okay oh, shit yeah I was like Okay, I I guess like might as well. And uh, I blacked out during that interview because our VP (laughs) is a really scary looking dude, like really, really like a husky dude with a really thick Pacific Northwest beard. He's a redhead, like really intimidating looking dude, really nice guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, I, but you know, I, I don't really remember my interview with him because I was so scared and nervous that I blacked out. Like, I couldn't tell you what he asked me and what I said.
0: <laughs> That's crazy, dude.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So interviewed. And when I came back from visiting Kyle, he you know, they they were like, yeah, we we want you. We want you to join the team. And uh, but I need to know in a week. <laughs> I was just like, what? dude? Oh. like, oh. like what move like, across the
0: country in a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I need to move across the country. I need to like leave my girlfriend behind. I need to leave my parents behind my whole life here. I was just like, it was like, yeah, like we're just moving quick, but like, we think you, you would, you'd be awesome to our team. Uh, and he's like, obviously I'm going to help you out, you know, while you're here. So, it's funny because I've been in Seattle now for five years. And I remember when I left, like my mom was like, well, you know, you maybe you'll be there for a year and you'll come back. Like it doesn't hurt. And I was Aww. just like, well, here I am five years later, lived by myself for a year here at Seattle. And then my girlfriend eventually moved out. And okay, cool. We're, yeah, we're still together here. So started as a junior marketing coordinator. And really what that was, was like bottom of the barrel. I, you know, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel, but really like really executional. Task, You know, like, Hey, make sure you're, make sure you're talking to this person about this event or like, make sure you're talking to the catering company that's coming in at this time and stuff like that. And really, really executional task, um, task oriented, um, did that for like a year and a half and graduated to a marketing coordinator, which was a little bit more responsibility. So a little bit of more ownership of like logistical things. Um, so I was like delegating to junior ta- junior coordinators
0: mm-hmm.
1: and was in that for a bit. And it was the fastest that anyone has ever graduated from those, those two titles, like from junior to coordinator. Um, oh, but yeah.
0: probably just cause you had all your GK knowledge Yeah, exactly. And you're like, okay, this is easy mode. You guys like, yeah. I had to do all this with 12 people.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like I, I knew, and then in 2018, 20- Twenty uh, end of twenty seventeen, uh, got um, got the offer to become a manager and kind of worked on some big projects. And really, it's been like that ever since. You know, it's been really, really awesome to grow within that company and have that company invest in me. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier, like you know, Zoomies really believes in people development. Uh, it's because it's what they believe that their people is what makes the brand. Yeah. Um and it's a really good philosophy. So.
0: Yeah, it's something that I really respect. Like I always find myself studying business outside of any industry, uh just like good business and taking care of customers and people and that's something that I've always been really interested in is just that. Like customer service on one side for your customers, but also as a company empowering people and having like a good culture and how how important that is. And that's what really, that's, that's what I was so interested in is like, you went from that punk rock company to what looked like a very big company. Yeah. Yet I see you doing all these things. I see you pivoting around and making all this crazy stuff happen. I'm really interested in that. That's cool to me.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a wild ride and, uh, I've learned so much and you know, the way I look at it, it's like, yeah, I walked out out of my college class, you know, 2010, but like I'm getting paid to learn and real like real life experiences
0: dude that's how you know you're doing something good that's like if you're saying that to me right now you're in the right place if somebody is excited to be like yeah i'm getting paid to learn i'm not an expert yet like i learn every day you're like yep you're in it
1: yeah exactly and yeah like i'm not i'm not by any means an expert like i can say i have experience and like i've learned things the hard way but i'm always learning like You know we're constantly evolving. I mean, I mean, look at the time we're living in. You know, with COVID nineteen, like we've had to pivot everything in less than a week. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's crazy. You were telling me like before we started this, like your distribution is from stores, not warehouses. So with stores closed, that's quite the problem to solve and solve real quick.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, thankfully we've we've kind of worked it out where we have where we're now we're up and running and fulfilling um, from those stores and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to open. Like we're already working on our strategy on what it looks like to open. So, um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be exciting once we get the chance to. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So two things that I want to talk about on current form Christian at zoomies, first off, just, just indulge for just, just humor me for a second. And tell me some of the big, crazy events that you've been a part of, because I've seen you do some crazy stuff.
1: Oh, man. Um, Well, Adidas has been a really awesome partner to work with on a lot Mm -hmm. of things. Uh, We did this thing called, uh, we had this concert series, which I was hired specifically to work on, uh, called Zoomies Presents. Um, and it was, it was the way it was, it was like zoomies presents X brand and what the event was. Um, so we did two of these with Adidas, um, and they have been my favorite one. So the first one was, uh, zoomies presents Adidas house, uh, skate house ATX. And basically we took over this, like in Austin, Texas, we took over this house, um, that was like this historic landmark that had like a bunch of like old history from the Civil War. It was a really weird find that I found, you know. And <laughs> and they let us throw uh, ASAP for concert on their lawn.
0: Stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, you know. And and, uh, and Austin at that time it was uh, it was end of April, so like right around the time where South by was kind of finishing up. Yeah. So the hype was still there. Um, And we just, so yeah, we like, we built a stage on their front lawn. Um, We had a, we had a mini ramp on their front lawn. We had a, like a wrestling ring and we had like 1800 people come out. And I mean, you know, it's the same size as event. It was like a big venue, but just outside of this front lawn of this historic house. And what's even crazier to me is that they allowed people in the house what So like the whole idea was like, how do we build this like house party with skating involved in it? And so like, that was kind of one of the deal breakers for us. It's like, we have to find a house that let people in. We can't just like, you have this thing. Like if we're going to say it's a house party. We have to really live by their word. And so, yeah, so they let people in and they let us serve alcohol from the inside of the house with like the proper permits and stuff. And it was so wild. It was such a insane time. And that was, it was right around the time when ASAP, uh, ferg dropped always strive and prosper and holy. so we actually gave um 20 of our zoomie stash members which is uh, our loyalty program yeah we got to give them an experience before the show they went to like his green room which is which was in the attic of the house and he <laughs> he let them listen to the album before it came out oh, holy and what was cool was that he wasn't just sitting there, but he like he would play like a minute of it, and he would explain every single thought process that went behind that song, or like if there was a verse like if it was personal to him, like, oh like yeah, my uncle was in jail, and he when he came out, he did do this, and you know and it was it was so rad, that was like one of my favorite Damn. ones, and
0: that was you, like you were the one so much on the ground floor making that happen right
1: yeah and yeah and that was like that was like when i was really owning like these events as a coordinator i was like really in charge of like making sure these happened um and then we did it again in new york city which again full circle for me uh, we took over all three floors at webster hall again
0: no way
1: yeah with adidas and we built a skate park on each floor Oh,
0: I remember seeing yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And and so we had the Adidas skate team out there. And it, this was a week or like a couple months before Webster Hall closed down. So this was like tail end, like, you know, all their like people that had worked there. They're all people that have been on Warp Tour and have toured. Um, and yeah. they really, they, you know, we were the homies and we, we worked out the deal. And they let us take over the entire building and build a skate park inside each floor uh and we did it on 420 and we had danny brown perform <laughs> and we also had knock loose perform
0: dude
1: so it was it was wild
0: dude that's crazy yeah. what, a, what an installation how do you how long does that take to build a freaking skate well, park inside of a venue
1: well that was like the thing with these zoomies presenters that we had to be in and out within two days of the event so like we had we had like three days to like load in build it and then like a day to load out it, it,
0: because She's there's nice.
1: there's shows happening in these venues so um it was yeah it, it was awesome it was a lot of fun and uh, i'll never forget those you know when i remember seeing the marquee at zoomies presents adidas uh skate loft um that was full circle because for that glamour kills holiday show that same marquee was up talking talking about something that i had worked on
0: Dude, that's, no, that, that's like legitimately really cool. That's a big-ass thing to put together. Um, Damn, okay, that answers it. Yeah. And then, yeah, the other part of it is just, again, as I am so interested in that side of, like, business with it all, what are some of the lessons you've learned as you've grown in that role? Like, you're you're responsible for such a team now, and you're yeah. working with such a team, and that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, Marketing is great and it's fun, but it's really about the team, you know, and it's how you build like me in a leadership role. Now, it's like how you build others around you so that they can learn from your mistakes or even do it better while you're able to grow on other and work on other cool projects. You know, like I I could not work on these events for the rest of my life. Uh, I needed to grow and do bigger things. But I trained and worked through the people that uh, came after me, and really devoted time to making sure that they were well equipped for that. You know, mm-hmm. and there's there's one of these um, these things that we talked about at Zoomies. It's consistency equals trust, and trust equals influence. Mm. So when you're thinking about being a leader, your your decisions, your actions are always consistent. People around you trust you, right? And when you, when you have a move you want to make or you want to present something, you have that influence because people around you trust you.
0: Hmm. So that's
1: That's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. So that's one of the big things that we talk about. It's it's consistency equals trust, trust equals influence. And that's how we get things done at, at
0: zoomies. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's cool. What, uh, what are some other, like, what have some of the challenges been like, like just, I, it's, Well, there's,
1: there's, um, you know, with every job it's, you're never going to find your dream job, right? Like no matter where you go, like there's always going to be something wrong with it, whether it's people or leadership or processes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for zoomies, it's just, you know, we're a big company and there's a lot of filters that need to be applied to the things that we do. Um, and sometimes that can take longer than expected. You know, there's red tape that you have to go through sometimes. Yeah. Like
0: it's such a big thing to move.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's, I will say like zoomies is really good at empowering people. So like I can totally have this idea and go make it happen, but I need to be making sure that I'm putting the right filters on it. Right. Cause our, we're so critical about our brand and how we present it, um, And, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about Tilly's or Paxson and how they think about it, but we really do spend a lot of time on working and evolving and understanding our brand on why we're so successful. Um, And, you know, it's, it's all the filters that we've developed um, throughout the years as a company and making sure that we're consistent in what we're doing, but also evolving Um, because, you know, we have a ton of new customers uh, when we talk about the generation, right? So, we were working on Gen Z before Gen Z was a thing.
0: Yeah, You know, we, what's the target demographic for a zoomies customer
1: um, right now? It, like the core is definitely 18 to 24 uh, mm-hmm. for sure. But I mean, we have big, big audiences on the younger age on the younger mm-hmm. side and the older side, you know, like we have some older skate heads that are still coming to zoomies to buy stuff, but they might be like 30 years old, but they're still skating or, they're bringing their kids into zoomies for their first skateboard.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So it really, it really kind of is all over the scale, but as far as like customers, we want to talk to is It's like, it's really like, yeah, I would say it's from like 18 to 24, but really stretching that to maybe to most likely like 12 to 24.
0: Yeah. So, what uh, like! What do you find yourself paying attention to now? Like with marketing, like what are? <laughs> I mean, obviously, like events have paused right now, but like, yeah. what do you pay attention to?
1: Man, it's it's been a crazy time. Uh, really, like all the new platforms that have come out through this, um, and like finding our customer there. Um, you know, Twitch has been a really, really awesome experiment for us. Like, we've been learning so much from that. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously TikTok is huge right now. Um, and just like, what are the other brands doing? How are they, how are they talking to their customer? Does it make sense for our customer? Is it, is it the same? Is it different? What are, what's the language that they're using? What are they asking their customer? You know? Um,
0: yeah. Cause that's always hard for me to like, when I think about that, it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, a bunch of young kids hang out on Twitch and TikTok, but then how do you not be that try hard brand? Because I think. You know, speaking for literally just you, you have a very good view of not being weird and try hard and contrived. And I'd imagine that's got to be a challenge where you're like, how do you not be that try hard (laughs) brand and still market?
1: It's actually funny because like, I don't see it as a challenge. One of the things that we like really pride ourselves on is we're super irreverent with everything we do. We love to like not take ourselves so seriously. Like okay. we love poking fun at things like, uh, the global skate tour that I oversee, um, you know, skateboarding is, it's the first year that skateboarding is in the Olympics this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, or it was right. So well, it will, well, be in well, yeah.
0: Right. Upcoming. Um,
1: but our whole like design and aesthetic to it was like making fun of the Olympics.
0: So, like, <laughs> no shit. Like, like,
1: like it was just like, you know, it was like weird sports, but like with a Greek mythology, like Twitch, like uh twist to it. And like, it was so cool and so rad, like because we just we just don't take ourselves too seriously because like that's what our kids do. Like our customer our customers aren't taking themselves so serious. So why should we?
0: That's actually super sick. I feel like as you get older, it becomes really easy to forget that you're taking yourself serious. And one day you're just like, What is happening? So to, to think about yeah. that and to have that uh company mentality is actually probably going to be refreshing for you to like yeah. stay light and fun all the time
1: yeah and it's really again like i go back to like how much zoomies cares about its people but like our marketing department our just brand marketing department is like 25 people but yeah. all those people are just like silly goofballs at the end of the day like when when we when we celebrate and when we party like at 100k um I mean, like you could talk to the state champs and they'll tell you how, how Zoomy's parties, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, but we, you know, we just, we're, we love to do cool shit and just blow our customer minds. Like literally one of the marketing mottos that we talk through our entire company is blow fucking minds. We have so many acronyms and we talk about BFF, <laughs> the word fucking is, is it, in it. It's in it. And there was, and like, this is before my time, but there was a ton of debate whether or not that word should be in there. Because it's just like, is our, is our customer expecting us to say this or like what? Why should we curse? And no other brand is is cursing, but you know, Zoomies we're different, and like we we've never been the kind of brand to like follow what everyone else is doing. And it was more about like we need to emphasize how much we're blowing our customer minds. It's like we're blowing their fucking minds. That's cool. Yeah. So no,
0: that is cool. And it's cool too. It's like, obviously I didn't ask you to come on to this podcast to like gas up zoomies. It's not like no, either one yeah. of us are like, <laughs> it's like some ads. Like I'm just legitimately interested in business. And I I don't get the chance to often talk to somebody that's worked at a bigger company like that and hear that. And I find this super interesting. Like I'm just fascinated in things like this. So like, I feel like it's a little, a cool little window to be able to hear this conversation and have you tell me these things, so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah.
0: I guess my last question, like we hit our hour mark, which is crazy, <laughs> but I think about, there's got to be somebody out there listening to this that is enthusiastic about music, but maybe didn't have the chance to be in a band or maybe is obsessed with the behind the scenes of it, maybe is toured a little bit, whatever, just like somebody that relates to your story And like, what, what is your advice to anybody that's chasing that path or like you're, you're about it, but you want to find that right lane.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, just give a hundred percent of you to what you want to do. You know, like if it's working your ass off 24 hours a day, like do it because it's going to pay off, you know, and don't be afraid to take chances. Um, you're not going to learn anything unless you take the chances. And if you succeed in that chance, great. But if you don't, then you at least learn something, how to do it better the next time. Um, you know, for the music industry, you know, it's really tough to get your foot in the door sometimes. So it's like, be open to, you know, you might not get paid your first tour, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah you know you facts. might
1: just, you might just live on a per diem your first tour and like you need to be okay with that um before you know you, you don't want to have this hothead of like oh i'm touring as like no like you need to stay humble and really just be a good person and and like create genuine relationships <laughs> i think like that's been like one of my biggest things lately it's just like i want to be friends with people even after zoomies like yeah, i want like yes. i want to be able to say Hey dude like remember that time we fucking had YG Gucci Mane and fucking A-Track at our show like we did that together like remember that you know and and just like and and take all the corporate side bullshit out of it like I just want to be good friends with as many people as I can can be so you know work hard um don't give up and and take chances really and 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 be okay with some shortcomings like don't, you're, you're not going to get it. You're not going to be perfect on
0: the first, first try. No, that's awesome. So, and I also, <laughs> I think about in your story, how many times you've just quit <laughs> a job yeah. where you're like, fuck this, <laughs> I'm out. And it's like, part of me is like, well, that's not the best example to set. If you have something promising and you have a future there. Yeah. But I think what it was, was that you just listened to yourself. You're like, you know, if I stay here, I'm going to be settling and this is going to be whack. And yeah. you saw that chance at something better and you weren't afraid to take it. And I think that's a lesson too.
1: Yeah. And I would also add, like, don't ever be too cool to learn something new. Like, no matter what stage you are, whether you're an executive at a big company or, you know, fresh out of college, like, don't ever feel like you've learned everything because life will hit you like a bag of bricks and you'll have to re-adapt and relearn everything. Um, you know, I'm still learning every single day in this job. And that's kind of why I'm still here is because I feel like I haven't learned everything. So it's like, until then, I'm going to stay here and learn as much as I can and then see what else is out there and what else I could learn, because that's really what it's all about. You know, it, call it, you know, whenever you get, um, that college degree and like that college ring, it's like knowledge is power. Yeah. But yeah. You, don't, you don't have to go through college for it. You, you have to find that knowledge on your own as well. You know, dude, that's
0: huge. Yeah. That's a super good point. I'm always, I always love being reminded to just keep learning and to keep that in mind. It's hard to sometimes get in that groove where you're like, ah, I'm, I'm good.
1: Yeah. It's so easy to just like put your brain on autopilot and just coast through your job. And you're like, yeah, like this is what I'm doing. But then like you'll wake up five years from now and you're just like, what did I learn? What did I, what did I, what have I, I've just done the same thing for the last five years and, like I have it, my brain has not evolved.
0: Bro, that shit is too real. I have absolutely fallen victim to doing that to myself and I catch it. And I'm so like, the only person disappointed in you is you yeah. because you've skated by. Everyone else is like, yeah, cool. You did your job. But it's like, then you have that day where you're like, damn, I just wasted some time and that sucks for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a learning process every day.
0: Yeah. So, Damn dude. Well, thank you for doing this. This was really cool. I had no idea. Like some of, some of your early days stories and I had no idea you played sports. I had no idea that Kyle was such a big piece of all of those things connecting. There was a yeah. lot in there where I was blown away.
1: Yeah, he's definitely like one of my mentors for sure. And he's he's actually in the Air Force now, like completely new, new yeah. territory. And like, it's just so crazy how, how he shifted. But yeah, like not a lot of people knew about me. I just kind of showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of just like you showed
0: up and you were just this chill dude and it was like, well yeah, what up? yeah, <laughs> I never knew.
1: yeah, for sure. so
0: no, it's cool and I, I love being able to tell that story like when I when I started this podcast i I had this feeling that all too often like the lead singers of bands and the very known people have their chance to tell their story. but I was like, you know there's so many people that kill it at what they do. And their stories never told. And me, being somebody obsessed with behind-the-scenes things, wanted to hear more of those stories. So thank you for being one of those people that took the time to share it. I, it's cool to me.
1: Yeah, of course, always. And, you know, we've, we've been homies for a while and always glad to catch up.
0: Well, there you go, Christian Velocris' story. I really did like it. I think he had a lot of really cool pieces in there to share and just a really interesting story. I liked hearing that side of it. It's a story that I haven't really heard before. He's a really good dude. If you made it this far and you liked it, hit him with a follow on Instagram. He is at Chris Villacris, so C-H-R-I-S-V-I-L-L-A-C-R-E-S. Let him know if you liked the episode, shoot him a DM, ask him any questions. He's a real good dude. Uh, Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another one.